You're listening to Test, Learn, Grow, where we believe that all marketing should create value, build trust, and inspire change. This is the Level Agency way. Hey, Miles here from Level, and I am proud to be your podcast host. In every episode of Test, Learn, Grow, I'll be joined by agency team members and other members of the marketing community for radically candid conversations on all things marketing. So without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. All right, everyone, welcome back to Test, Learn, Grow. Today, joining me on the podcast is Kiefer Kopko, a media manager here with us here at Level. So Kiefer, thanks for joining me. Yeah, absolutely. Excited to be here. In addition to being a media manager, Kiefer is also a Proudy winner. So if you're not from Level, you're asking yourself, what is a Proudy? What are they talking about? Look at that. If you're watching the video, he just showed us the awards. So Proudy is the highest honor you can get at level is given to somebody who is voted on by their peers as fully embodying our level agency values, which the acronym is PROUD. It's partnership, respect, ownership, urgency, and data-driven decisions. So this just means Kiefer is a really nice guy, really good guy to be talking to. So, all right, Kiefer, beyond being a proudy winner, what's another fun fact about you that can uh, endear you to our audience a little bit? Yeah. So when I was in college, I was actually a theater major. So it's weird that I ended up in, in marketing, but I actually went with a troupe to perform in Scotland at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, one of the largest theater festivals in the world. So yeah, uh, I, a world performer, I guess, is the way of looking at it. There good. you go. Globally known. I like it. And I don't know if known is, is, is quite <laughs> but certainly performed. There you go. And so, yeah, how did you find yourself in marketing from the theater stage? I have a long, complicated history with the internet when it really boils down to it. I started my first blog when I was 12. It wasn't a good blog, but it was, it was there and on the internet. And through that, I learned about Google AdSense. So I had signed my mom up for an account. She found out later uh, nice. to get those, get those sweet AdSense checks and kind of kept doing that all the way through, you know, my grade school years and my high school years. And then when I was in college, I started working on my school had its own blog that was run out of admissions. It was student focus. So I worked there and I kind of made my way all the way to editor in chief by my senior year. So probably about my junior year, I realized that I, I didn't really want to do the technical theater stuff that I had initially set out to do. And my whole life was kind of spent on the Internet and doing things with what essentially is digital marketing. So once I graduated, I decided to pursue a career in digital marketing. That's awesome. That's really cool from like 12 years old to, so what was, that's like way before MySpace days, you were OG uh, digital market over here. It was around MySpace day because I was using the HTML I was learning from there MySpace on my blog. And it was actually out of, it was a company at the time called Blogspot. Now it's Blogger uh, and they're owned by Google. But back then they weren't, they had, they had free blogs. So I learned how to do that. Nice. And so from, from that early stages of the internet to now where we've got machines and algorithms, you know, taking over, that's what we're talking about today. Some of the automation options that are available to us in Facebook. So curious to hear from, from your seat as a media manager, where are we at as an agency? What is our current state of like automation adoption in work for our clients? And we can use Facebook as the example. 
So our current state of automation is, I, I like to think that we are innovating as much as possible. We are innovating responsibly, I think is the way of looking at it. You know, you've talked a lot on this podcast about testing. So we try to test every angle on this. The other benefit is we have really good relationships with our, our reps at Facebook specifically who will you know, key us into kind of new innovations and things that we should be testing. And that's a lot of what the strategies I'm employing now are born out of those conversations. So when we're approaching automation, we always approach it enthusiastically, but kind of with a little bit of trepidation. We want to make sure that we are you know, spending money correctly. We're doing what's right for our clients. And we really have the results to back it up. So it's, you know, testing, retesting, reporting, making sure that we accurately figured out the right angle to go with. So we're going to talk about today how we've leveraged some of the automation on Facebook, reduced the number of, of ads and ad sets in Facebook and seen some really good results. But going back to testing, I'm curious to know what triggered the hypothesis originally. What was the inflection point where you said, maybe this is worth taking to the next level? Yeah, so figuring out how to start this kind of goes back a couple of years now. Basically, over the, the last couple of years, our conversations with the Facebook rep have really been about audience size and campaign structure. So they were pushing, you know, historically going back a couple of years, you know, when I got into digital marketing initially, when I was doing, you know, buying ads, the idea was always the benefit of digital marketing was making very targeted, very specific audience pools that you want to go after. The thinking there was like, you don't want to spend money on people who are kind of outside your audience pool. And if you're targeting, you know, if you, if you slice it down as narrowly as possible, you're going to get the highest quality audience. And over the last couple of years, that's kind of been a change. Facebook is pushing for us to use larger and larger audiences and pushing for us instead to use objectives for our campaigns that focus on automation. Whereas historically it was, you know, Google kind of revolutionized everything when it did the, the pay-per-click, you know, bidding on a CPC level. And that was, that was game changing. And now all of these platforms are really encouraging you to actually bid on the conversion price, the actual cost for you know, whatever your action might be. As we expand the audience out of these narrow segments that we were working with, gives the machine learning tools within the platform and the algorithms they've designed the ability to make decisions that humans just can't make fast enough. Like I can't sit at the computer all day making these decisions. So they're able to look at the audience on a macro level and decide this is the chunk of people who is most likely to convert. And those are the ones we're going to go after. And you need to have that audience large enough so it can, it can make those decisions. So that was kind of the impetus for what eventually came, what I call the streamlined campaign structure, which is really pushed by Facebook. So once we, we got these larger and larger audiences, we were still dealing with situations where we would have, you know, a half dozen campaigns. Each campaign would have three to five ad sets and each ad set would be targeting a narrow segment of an audience. And more and more, the conversation from our reps was limit the number of ad sets, limit the number of campaigns, try to group as many people as possible. Um, I think anyone who has attended a Facebook webinar in the past two years has heard, heard this kind of talk they're talking about consolidation. They want you to consolidate as much as possible so that the algorithm can look at things at a much larger level and determine these are the people that are going to convert. So eventually we got to the point where we were able to move forward on this test. So we had initially moved forward it at uh, the beginning of 2021, actually, what we called the streamline test. And basically what it rolled down to is one campaign with a key objective one extremely large audience at the ad set level, 
and then several different ads at the ad level. So the creative can be kind of, you know, mixed and then depending on what kind of person would respond to what creative. The initial test was, I don't want to call it a failure, but it did not perform as good as the stuff that we had already been running. So we kind of shelved that project. And then what we had noticed is over, you know, throughout 2021, especially in the education field that I work in, consistently in Facebook, we were seeing rising costs. And when, again, we had very complicated campaign structures, lots of ad sets, lots of campaigns, lots of different audiences. So determining what exactly was the failure point there, we would go back and work through the campaigns and, and test new audiences and, and refresh the creative, test different objectives on the campaign. And eventually it kind of got to the point where I, I, I went back to that initial test and I said, there is something here, we just have to do it better. So we engineered another test. It was kind of a, a 1.5 version, some several key changes where we weren't quite as aggressive as we were the first time. You know, we kept two ad sets instead of just one and, and there were some other changes and we launched that. We launched it on two different clients and almost immediately within, I would say the Facebook learning cycle takes seven days. So within the first 14 days, we saw pretty clear results that indicated this is likely the way to go. So we kept monitoring it. And over the course of 30 days, we saw that not only had it dropped the cost per conversion by as much as 50%, it had actually stayed there pretty regularly. And to this day, those two, those two clients that launched those tests have still maintained those lower cost per conversions, which is really exciting because it's really easy to drop things all at once. It's a lot harder to keep some consistency and keep it going. So that was really exciting. And it is exciting. And I want to back up a little bit when you said like you revisited the a test that didn't quite get the results you wanted to in the past. Did you end up retesting it with the same clients you tested on before? No. So actually, we didn't test it on the, the same client immediately because obviously, you know, we'd gotten the results, we'd shared the results. You know, their reaction was, hey, glad we tested it. This isn't the direction we want to go right now. So let's, let's shelve that. And, you know, the biggest thing for their reaction was the structure didn't look well thought out, I think is the, the best way to put it. It's a very simplified structure. You know, you're making things as streamlined as possible. And the reaction to that is a solid campaign should be complicated. It should be intricate. You should be moving people through the funnel in a very specific way through all these audiences. So it, it took them a while to come back to it. We did eventually come back to them with results that we had other clients. We had basically explained like, hey, I know this didn't work for you initially, but we're starting to see results and we've learned about the best way to go about this. And there were some things we did in the first time around that weren't quite the, the both feet in approach that we needed to go. So we were able to come back and test it again with them. And they had the same success that we had had with their two clients, over 50% drop in cost per conversion as soon as we were out of the first Facebook learning cycle. And they're still, same story, they're still keeping that lower cost. So what's next, do you think, right? If this is the 1.5, 2.0 version, that's working, it's working consistently. Do you see an opportunity to streamline even further and reduce those costs even more? Yes. So actually I've already taken steps into what is essentially, you know, the 2.5 version of the test. Facebook has been pushing something for a while now called broad targeting. And bear with me here. This is going to sound pretty wild. <laughs> it basically it is targeting based on where you only target based on location and age. And then you have exclusions, you know, the people who have previously converted, anyone who's already in your sales funnel, you exclude all those people. 
and then you let it ride. So it is effectively targeting just by negation. So you're saying, these are the people I don't want, everyone else is fair game. And what we're seeing at that is that putting that kind of targeting in the streamlined format is also is an even bigger runaway success. You know, we're talking as much as 70% from the initial cost per conversion, you know, a 20% lower compared to the, the streamlined campaign as it, as it exists in normal form. So that's kind of the next test, you know, making those audiences bigger, expanding as much as possible. To iterate from here, we're talking about dynamic creative, giving Facebook one ad with a whole bunch of different copy and images and let, letting them determine, hey, this combination is going to go great for this person. And just continuing to give more and more autonomy to the automation, letting it make the decisions that I can't day to day and letting it, you know, give us a better overall result as it understands what success looks like. So how do you convince someone who is like the conspiracy theorist, right? Like, I don't know, the robots are taking over. I don't want to give them all the power, right? How, how do you walk someone through the fact that this is an okay thing to do? You're not going to lose all control over your business, right? Like what is, what's the, what's the debate there? How do you, how do you advocate for it? Yeah, and that's that is definitely can be a challenge. You know, figuring out you know people who are concerned. You're always concerned about losing the human element because there are decisions at the end of the day that the automation isn't going to make that are beneficial. So the biggest thing we always do is you know whenever possible we explain it to our our clients as accurately as possible beforehand. We try to explain exactly what we're testing and you know demystify it so to speak, make it as clear as possible. In addition to just running it in parallel with our traditional efforts, you know, we never want to lose overall results. We never want to lose momentum. So it's, it's really crucial for us to run parallel tests. Sometimes there are budget restrictions around that. You know, you don't have enough money to go around for a test, but generally that's what we try to do. But at the end of the day, the biggest thing that puts me at ease when people are talking about automation and, you know, whether or not media analysts and media managers are going to have a job in the future is, you know, there are privacy new privacy criteria that everyone has to follow that are going to keep people like us in work. It's going to keep people, you know, humans making decisions at the end of the day. We're just trying to create structures that allow automation to view things at a much better level, a much more refined level. Because here's the thing, the automation can't make the campaign. You know, you have to do go in there and actually make the campaign. I always think of it like a waterfall kind of. Basically, you know, results are coming down and I need to put obstructions to get the water in the right spot. So the automation knows, you know, I need to get this lead into the right bucket, so to speak. So that's, that's kind of the, the biggest thing for me, always falling back. There's elements of this that the, the computer is not going to be able to do. I need to set it up for success and then I need to report out the results. So the other piece of, you know, it isn't just kind of convincing someone to try it up front. It's really convincing them every time you go into a reporting conversation and continually, you know, showing the comparison, showing what we're looking at. For us in education, it goes beyond just the initial cost per lead. It goes all the way down to the cost per enrollment. So taking a look at, Hey, I know we're generating lower cost per leads, but how is that impacting our bottom line? So taking it all the way to the end. So it's just, you know, constantly revisiting it reassessing it compared to our traditional efforts and our year-over-year -year performance and making sure that we're continually delivering the best results for the mind. You bring up a good point there. 
your initial lead, but are you seeing that these leads are making it to the enrollment stage that they, they are fully converting? Yeah. So it's still early for some of them. Um, in education, we're talking anywhere from a 30 to 90 day sales cycle. What we're seeing is so far is pretty consistent with the overall cost per enrollment, a little bit smaller, but we're still waiting on, on some of these leads to mature. Social has a notoriously long sales cycle. It, it goes much closer to that 90 day segment. Initial results are positive, but we're still, you know, like I said, still reporting it out, still seeing, measuring the, the overall down funnel impact. Yeah, it'd be great to see 90 days out. You know, what is that full impact? And I'm sure by then we'll have more people testing. We'll have people listening to this, giving it a try. We'd love to hear from you all listening if you give us a shot, how it worked for you. So Kiefer, appreciate you bringing this to the table and talking about on the podcast. Those are awesome results. And it's really neat to see both a test and some technology, you know, working in our favor. It's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for, for having me. I really appreciate talking. This stuff gets me excited. So I love talking about it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Test, Learn, Grow from your friends at Level Agency. For more information on what we do here at Level, be sure to visit us online at www.level.agency. Tune in next week for a brand new episode of this podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to rate and subscribe to the show so that you never miss an episode. And until next time, remember that the best way to do any sort of marketing is to test, learn, and grow.